podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's show is dedicated to Amora Afobi, daughter of championship footballer Benica Afobi, who tragically lost her life this past Friday. Everyone at Ace Podcast Nation and the Andy Campbell Championship Show is sending their sincere condolences and love to Benick and his family. R.I.P. Amora. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 17 of the Andy Campbell Championship Show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. Into December we are already, as we hurtle towards Christmas. I'm your host, Sai, and I'm joined by ex-Premier League and Championship striker and Cardiff City legend, Mr Andy Campbell. And as we start, as usual, we'll start with the Any Other Business, then we'll have three main featured games from the weekend's round of matches, where we focus in detail, as well as talking about all the other games a bit uh, in a bit less detail and a bit quicker. And then uh, we'll give our two for two, where we select two players each who've had either a nightmare or a blinder. Andy will answer your questions, no matter what they are. And then uh, we finish with some soon-to-be award-winning 10-second segments, Fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, where Andy will teach me something about his northern culture. So uh, joining me to talk about all these subjects and more, plus provide expert insight and analysis, the one and only goal-scoring machine, Middlesbrough's favourite son, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, buddy. Hello, Mess. How are you? All right, mate. All right. Good. A bit tired, but I'm all right. It's just that if I start... If I start falling asleep, just like start knocking the screen or something. Yeah, tap on the screen. Yeah, will that work? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just get a get a whistle or something. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't get much sleep, but there we go. So, yeah, good week. Uh, yeah, football was back, so it's uh, nice. Some some good games, loads of goals. So you know, what I mean, I shed loads of goals. Not 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 always in the right end, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. Something, something to talk about. Something to talk about. I'm, I'm getting used to it, though, Sykes. So it's and that's that's it's getting uh, it's getting scary, but I'm uh, I'm getting used to it. Middlesbrough had an up and down week this week, I think. Yeah, extremely. Yeah, we uh, we won our first game to the week uh, in uh, I can't remember how long. Um, I think forever. Um, and then uh, and then Saturday, which uh, I'm not really looking forward to talking to. So thanks for everyone who voted for that game. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> thanks for that. I didn't vote for it, by the way. So everyone else did. Can uh, not happy, not happy tonight. Yeah, I uh, I didn't vote for the card before the Middlesbrough game, but uh, no, people just keep voting for us. So <laughs> saying that, saying, saying that, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about Leeds. I I really am yeah. because uh, from what I watched, which I'll go on about, but it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another story, another story, <laughs> another story. Right, let's get these plugs done so we can get into the real stuff. So um, all our shows and series are available in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Audio at all the usual podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio and more. We've had uh, lots of shows, recording, some released. I recorded a show with uh, UFC star Brett Johns on Friday, which will be out, I think, at the end of this week. Maybe, maybe next week. Don't know yet. But that was a good one. He had plenty to say. He's a good laugh. So that was a nice unscripted and uncensored show. I'm doing a show tomorrow, hopefully, 
although she wasn't feeling very well. Um, but it's uh, with former BBC and ITN journalist uh, Anna Brees, which is going to be really interesting because she left. The, she uh, she left the BBC because she uh, didn't like the way it was going. So that'll be a really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm quite looking forward to that one. So yeah, loads and loads of shows coming up over December. Just, I've got so much stuff recorded that I'm going to take like a few weeks off of recording, except for recording this show. So it's going to be quite quite pleasant. Uh, so today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football, music and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you exclusive products. They are edgy, controversial and, but most importantly, current T-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories. Stick with them and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide that cutting edge look that we all crave. So, and uh, Alan from Away Day Apparel sent in a question today as well. Oh, nice. So there we go. Look forward to it. Aye. So uh, any other business, mate, to start? What, uh, what you got? Uh, we'll start with uh, Wayne Rooney, so the introduction of Wayne Rooney. Um, obviously got introduced to the uh, Derby County Faithful on Saturday uh, before the game. So, uh, and I did notice that obviously the crowd had picked up a little bit. They looked, or they seemed a little bit more excited than normal. There was a little bit of a, um, a buzz around Pride Park. Obviously, it's been a, a, a turbulent season, let's just uh, to say the least, for, for Derby. Um, so I think this can only be good news, as in to get them uh, just to get them back on track a little bit, but obviously then the then the games then the game started and didn't really look after itself, which we're gonna which we'll talk about later on. But you know what I mean? It's just a it's a, it's it was a strange one. You know what I mean? I was trying to fathom out really like probably the reasons why he's gone there. You know what I mean? Because financial, no career, no. You know what I mean? I, we've we've both said it, Sai, about um, the long term of. Uh, Koku losing his job and him and, and Wayne taking over as manager and and to be the the more that I, sit, I, I tell myself again and again and again, it's the only option. It's got to be the only option. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be the only option. You know what I mean? Uh, John Terry doing well at, at, at Villa. Uh, Frank Lampard doing great at Chelsea. Stevie G doing great at, uh, at Rangers. You know what I mean? So Derby want to jump on board of it, I believe. So I think uh, we've said it all along. So it's not. This isn't just a, a one-off. You know what I mean? It does happen and it's a caretaker role. It'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, you heard it here first. Indeed, Weeks ago, we said weeks it, didn't we? Ago. Oh, weeks ago. Oh, weeks and weeks ago, months, months ago. But yeah, it was, uh, it's, ni- it's nice for him to be back in England and, and hopefully it gives the championship a bit, another buzz, another lift, because we spoke last week about the, the quality of, of, of players in the league at the minute and, and Wayne's obviously up there with, with the best of those. So, you know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to make the league even stronger, even better, more to talk about hopefully more goals and you know I mean it can only be good for, for, for what we're doing at the minute yeah I think um, from playing point of view I just hope that he can um, you know he's still at a decent standard um, because I do you know the championship is very very good these days yeah. uh, there's some real in you know international class players yeah. playing in various teams um, and I just what like his last season in for United he was very 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 poor yeah. Um, and he looked like he was kind of struggling and he didn't do really much with Everton then. Um, and obviously he's done well in America, but he's just yeah. it's so difficult to compare the standard of the MLS 
to the standard of the Championship or the Premier League. It's just, it's impossible to oh, it's miles to apart, really miles tell. apart. And I think the physicality as well. I know he's a physical player, but is he is he physically ready for it? Is he mentally prepared for it? Because you know, what I mean, I don't know who his first game is going to be against. Because if he's if he's match fit, if he's not match fit for when he starts, is he going to be sub when he comes? Is he going to be thrown straight in? Is he going to use this month to get himself fit and in shape for when he starts in January? Who knows? Who knows the answer to this apart from Derby County? And um, whenever he does make his debut, I guarantee that the, the the first team he plays against is going to get stuck right into him, uh, and they're going to hit him straight away with a tackle. And you know, I mean, they're going to make they're going to make it hell for him. And he, he's got to, he's got to be ready for that because he's. He's a hothead at times. He's got a temper. He's got a temper, so he's got to be able to handle that and manage it, manage the game correctly. So you know when um, when a player signs for a new club and they register. So obviously he can't play till the first of January. Yeah. But can he train with the club now? Yeah. He I, know he's, do, yeah I know he's coaching. His season, but can he yeah, train? His, season, his season's finished, so he can he can do he can play practice games behind closed doors. He just can't play a competitive fixture for Derby County, so he can play. They'll, they'll arrange friendlies for him. They'll get him up to speed. So on January the first, he'll be fit and ready to play. I believe, you know, what I mean, I believe he'll go in there. And he'll do some coaching. But you know, what I mean, is he needed to play? Is the plan to to have him to play? The only the only answers to this are the Derby County, and you know, the way that the inconsistency of the season so far, I think they'd be stupid not to utilise him. So, yeah, I think cause, so. Because coaching doesn't really happen on a match day. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? You can utilise the coaching throughout the week and you can you can use him on a match day to the best of his ability. And his best of his ability for me is being on that pitch. Yeah, they um, they interviewed one of the Derby players. I forget who it was afterwards. It, and it was Curtis Davies. That's right, yeah. And they um, they asked him about it and he said he's, you know, he's already getting stuck in and training and he's, you know, he's looking good. But I mean, you know, he's not going to say, is he? Oh, he's looking a bit off the pace and yeah. he's he's struggling a bit. But like... In the same way, uh, I think he mentioned like players like Rooney and and Lampard and and this. The reason they play at that elite level is because they train like they play. They train yeah. at such a high level. Yeah, where every, every session means something. Ashley Cole yeah. last year for Derby as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 they train like the play. You know, what I mean, they want to win five or side games. They want to be first in running. They want to, you know, what I mean, and that's for me. It's it's going to be good for. Um, for Derby County, it can only be a good thing, and for young players, there they're going to learn so so much. So uh, I think it'll be win win, and I think the Championship will, will will benefit from it as well. Oh, and oh, never mind. I thought I'd I thought I'd forgotten to press record then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got. I've got you. That's all right. I panicked like because because of the day I've had as well. <laughs> no, I've got you. You record. Sorry, I'll cut that bit out where I swore. Um, so what? Uh, yeah, Rooney. I like like I've said and. You said, I think it's fairly obvious that he's going to take over from Philip Koku at some point. Mm. Um, I still not completely convinced by Koku. Um, he doesn't seem to be getting very much consistency from him. Like one week they'll look very good, the next week they look not very good. Um, and he's still encouraging this playing from the back, which is still causing him some issues. So. The problem I've got with this guy is, 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 is he's, if he doesn't win his home games, he's really going to struggle because his away form is absolutely disgusting. So, if he doesn't win at home, when's he going to win? Well, he changed his formation, didn't he, on the weekend to uh, to four at the back? Well, to be honest, he, he play, they, were, they were playing against probably one of the most, well, one of the worst informed teams in the, in the league, QPR. You know what I mean? QPR started the season great. We've been their biggest 
we've been their biggest fans. Um, however, they turned up um, on Saturday and they, and they put a real shift in, which we'll talk about later on. But it's uh, Derby have got to get something right soon because it's a it's a big club with high expectations. Yeah, indeed. Uh, what else you got, mate? Um, TV and Sky. My problem with Sky is is the games that Sky choose. So uh, the last couple of Fridays we've had some we've had some very good games with some with some big big clubs. Um, but sometimes I would like to see a Barnsley against Hull City because by doing this show and we've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of Barnsley and I see how many how many chances to create. Um, Hull City go forward, score loads of goals with Grzycki, Jared Boyne. These are the kind of players and the kind of games that I would like to see. But because they're not fashionable enough, I believe Swansea against Fulham just takes over. And yes, the, the football fans want to see the big games. Um, and there's Preston against West Brom on TV. You know, and Cardiff have been on TV. And Middlesbrough have been on TV. But I think as a neutral, sometimes, I think it's only fair that everyone gets a, a fair share. And I, from an outsider, I don't think we're all getting that. And... Uh, you know, I mean, how many times have Luton been on TV? Not many. They were on the first game of the season against Middlesbrough. And to be fair, I was really impressed with them. And, and I was really intrigued to watch them again. If they were on TV on Saturday, we would have got goals galore. So, yeah. you, you know, so it's, 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 it's a tough one. And I, get, and I get Sky's point because Sky want the best games. And, and that's the Premier League. That's um, the Championship. And if they were putting the League One game on, they're not going to put the bottom two on. But... It's, it's a business as well and it's got to be fair for everybody it's, it's about football fans and you know what I mean if this is making a little bit of money for clubs because end of the day the way that the, way that the season's looking at the minute Barnsley are going to, going to get relegated so they could do with all the help they can get so a little bit of money might, uh, might go a long way really to try and keep them in the league Well the thing is you look at some of the sides at the bottom bottom half who yes they're not winning you know the, as we say the league table don't lie but Barnsley, your Huddersfield. It does. It does. It does. It lies. Yeah, it lies. Lies for middles. Lies for Middlesbrough. <laughs> Barnsley, uh, Huddersfield, Luton, Charlton, yeah. all teams. Forest, like teams who aren't on TV that much. Yeah. Like Forest created uh, had thirty-two shots against Cardiff on Saturday. Yeah, only yeah. had two uh, two on target, but yeah, as well points. But like, Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers side, you know, yeah, we, we, spoke, amazing, we, spoke, we, spoke, yeah. we spoke about the front five. You know what I mean? I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to sample it and see it against a, 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 a top side or um, even Stoke City the weekend. You know what I mean? It's a big game. It's a massive game. It's two ex-Premier League teams. It doesn't get any bigger than that in the Championship for me, regardless of where they are in the league. It's, it's irrelevant, you know what I mean? Because Stoke have got a reason to be on TV because they've got a new manager. Blackburn have got a, a reason to be on TV because of um, personnel. So it's it's a difficult one, you know, because Charlton have had a really good start of the season. They've been on t- they've on, they've been on TV a lot, you know what I mean. So it's Chef Weather being on TV a lot. Fulham seem yeah. like they're on Fulham seem like they're on TV every week. Yeah, they are, aren't they? They it's, are. It's, they it, seems, it, it seems that way. You know, they're on against Cardiff. They were, they were on against Swansea. They were on against QPR. And this is the last. We're not going back weeks here. This was last Friday. The Friday before. It's it's every week now. And I'm, it's it's just got to be fair for me. It's got to be a, you know, what I mean, I know every game's different and every fixture list is different, but you know, when, when was the last time Brentford were on? Brentford have, are on absolute fire. They create chances, they score goals, they they were joy to watch. So, sometimes I've been, I, I'm interested to, to see them as well. Yeah, and it's interesting now when you've you've got obviously Sky, um, and then starting from tomorrow you've got 
uh, Amazon Prime with Premier League games on as well. Um, and I was looking at the fixtures. So, like, tomorrow night, uh, you've got two games on. Uh, Crystal Palace and... Well, I've just lost her. I think it's Crystal Palace and someone. Uh, and Bournemouth. And I think it's Man City and someone. But my screen just froze. But there's two games on tomorrow. There's three, four games on on Wednesday, all on Amazon Prime. Which is interesting because you don't normally have the games on at the same time until the last day of the season. Um, You might occasionally have a championship and a Premier League game on, but like to to get those two, you know, to get Premier League games on at the same time is is rare. Um, And as I said to you just before we started recording, a a few years ago, I wondered whether they were going to, you know, the way it was going, clubs were just going to play their live games on their own in-house channel. Yeah. So you'd have, you know, MUTV would play all Man United's games and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which on paper sounds like quite a good idea, quite an interesting yeah. idea because you could just yeah. buy your, buy you know, you buy your club's channel and you get it's all the games. T- it's like a season ticket, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a, all, it's a home and away season ticket, basically. It's, it's just depends how you look at it. But what it takes away is like people like me and you and many, many others who watch the majority of the games uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, yeah. not just their, you know, your own teams and stuff. Yeah. So I think you got to be careful. And again, we were talking just before we started about Simon Jordan was on Talk Sport. I think it was yesterday, maybe. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yesterday. So, uh, and his idea was basically to have like a, a Netflix for football, mm-hmm. where instead of Sky, uh, BT Sport, paying, you know paying the Premier League for rights. The Premier League start their own, you know, streaming service, which you can watch all the games from the Premier League, the the Championship, League One, League Two. Um, you price it at nine ninety nine a month. And if you know, you get like so at the moment I think Sky pay something like two point three billion over a few years. That might that might be not exactly right, but it's you know, something yeah. obscene like that over a few years. You put that uh, a service at nine ninety nine, which plays all the Premier League games, all the Championship games. It's more affordable for the people who don't want to spend, you know, Sky. It's, if you want the full package, I think it's like seventy, eighty quid. Yeah. You know, not not everyone wants to can afford to do that. Plus, you know, if you add in BT Sport and all this sort of thing, um, it's a lot of money. Whereas if you've got people who just want the sports or they just want football, nine ninety nine is much more affordable for the fans. The, I think you can give more money to the clubs because, you know, you're going to get millions and millions of people subscribing to a service like that. Mm. Could be a, a good way to go. It's certainly a very interesting idea. I thought you talked a lot of sense. I really do. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I've never been a, a massive fan of Simon Jordan. You know what I mean? Since he was Crystal Palace chairman, I thought he, he normally comes out with a, with a load of nonsense, excuses, this, this, that, whatever. But you know what? He was talking about this yesterday. And it was... And it just got my it got my attention straight away because he had a passion about it, and I, and I hope that somebody can pull it through and 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 get deals done because I, I just think it'll be it's affordable for everybody. It gives everybody an opportunity to watch loads of loads more football games, and that that might be English, that might be Scottish, it might be foreign football, um, and then people might be able to give more money to other football clubs, lower league. If that was the case, Barry wouldn't be out of business. Um, and I think it'd just be just be good for every area. You know what I mean? You can give to grassroots, and and I think it would just make British football and English football. It'll just be uh, just just make them stronger, and it'll just make it an ally 
and and just stop some of this non- nonsense with Sky, for example, because you know we just spoke about there about the the so-called bias. You know what I mean? That that some of the games, yes, Norwich City were on yesterday, for example, for against against Arsenal, but it's still Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's very rare you get two bottom sides or two mid-table sides because you know what I mean. If 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 Liverpool are playing or uh, Man City are playing, uh, Sky want to watch one of the best sides and. Just it's it's not always fair. It's not always fair. But yeah, it is. And the other another thing which interested me about Amazon was um, I wasn't sure, like you know, if they're if they're pundits or they're announcers and commentators, if they're not very good, that can kind of put you off and that could kill it straight yeah. away. But the, it's going to be hosted by the the likes of Gabby Logan and Jim Rosenthal. With mm. pundits uh, Thierry Henry, Alan Shearer, Peter Crouch, Robert Martinez, uh, R- Roberto Martinez, Lee Dixon, Harry Redknapp, Peter Schmeichel, Michael Owen. You know, there's massive names they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the commentators, which was the what really caught my eye, because there's some of the best commentators in the, you know, in Britain, uh, in Clive Tilsley, John Champion, Conor McNamara, McNamara yeah. Guy Mowbray, uh, Ian Dark. You know, they're the, they're pretty much the yeah, cream of the cream, cream aren't they? The, yeah, yeah, top top of the top. Like Glenn Hoddle and Andy Townsend, Kevin Kilbarn, providing the you know the sort of analysis during yeah. the games. So it'll be interesting how it does because it's a different, different, a completely different format to have games yeah. on. You know, to have several games on in a night. Yeah. You know, but then, like I said to you, a lot of people have got Amazon Prime and they've been quite clever by launching it in December. Because even more people get it in December to yeah. for Christmas for, presents. Yeah, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, they're not daft. Oh no! Um, so the last uh, thing I just wanted to quickly touch on with any other business was the uh, the Euro groups draw. I uh, I know you were a bit a big fan of this. I'm still confused. I, I, I haven't got a clue what's going on, Sai. I'll be honest. I, I didn't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get sham- it. Shambles. I've got a question for you then about it. So. So the qualification for it. So you win, you, you win your group. So yep. Belgium, Belgium, for example, won their group. Yeah, and they're not a whole city, but Azerbaijan are. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Belgium won every single game in their group, and they're not even. They're not a top seed. Yeah, it makes just, no sense, does it? Madness, absolute madness. I'm all for this. Um, um, that we go around the world and we do around Europe. Sorry. Uh, and we and we do this because I think it's really good, but it just it just yeah it just it just it just just doesn't add up to me. It just it, the whole thing was confusing at, at best. I'll be honest, you know what I mean. And it took me it took me a while just to sit and understand what was going on. And even when the draw was coming out, I was thinking, who have we got really? You know what I mean? I was looking at the group and thought, in a minute, someone's going to take Croatia out and stick somebody else in, for, for example. And, <laughs> and for Wales, someone's going to take out someone else and stick something. Stick France in their group because the group of death is too hard, so we'll, we'll make that easier because it's it's just I don't know the things like that shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? It just shouldn't shouldn't happen. We want the best teams to qualify, and for me, for the latter stages. And if they're all going to meet each other in the same group over 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 the course of Europe, it just doesn't make sense. Yes, yeah, it spoils it almost, doesn't it? Because you like you, the groups are they are there's going to be some great cracking games in the group stages. Yeah. But like, for instance, like we'll touch on Wales and England in a minute. But like, Group F is Germany, France, and Portugal, 
with then the the winner of path A or D being the fourth team. And those teams are Iceland, Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, Georgia, Macedonia, Kosovo or Belarus. So like yeah. you could you could end up with like a like a Bulgaria or a Hungary or you know teams yeah. which have historically can you know cause a few surprises mm-hmm. in that group. And you could end up with like Portugal and France going out, for instance. Yeah. Portugal yeah. and France and Germany going out. And then... yeah, it just doesn't. It's just it's, it's all. It, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Man. It was just. It was just. It was just. The thing is, all, I think that's probably. I, I probably went into it with a negative frame of mind after being so negative about uh, international break that I just. Yeah. I just didn't. I just didn't like it because I know when it comes in the summer, I'll be really excited. I'll be buzzing because uh, because especially England because they've got three games at Wembley and should win them all and they should qualify really easily uh, and should go from there but it's um, I don't know because I, I look at the Millennium Stadium I look at British football and Wales if they played at home instead of having to travel around some of the longest trips ever, in the, ever by the way um, they would have a better chance to qualify because the game's become a little trickier playing in Baku because it's it's the travelling they've got in between games and 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 I was listening to Ryan Giggs because he was asked a question straight away about um, do you do you set base and then change base or do you set up in the middle and then travel in between the two? Do you know what I mean to stop tiredness and fatigue and things? And it's 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 about getting that fine detail right, and it's about getting it right for every single player. You know what I mean on majority because you know what I mean. It's if you get it wrong, it has a massive impact on 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 the way that things are. Whereas if it's in one country. And you're based in an area of that country. Travelling in between in, in between a country is is not a problem at all. And I just think, I don't know. One one minute I'm for it. Next minute I just think it could be a little bit better, or other 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 countries could be a little bit closer to give yeah. teams and countries a, a, a better opportunity to to recover. Because you finish game in in in, in Baku, say, what you're supposed to do? Stay there for a couple of days and travel away, or do you, or do you come straight back? So you you're more tired. You're fatigued. Your legs are even more tired. It's 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 a difficult one and, and and something that I've never I've never had to contend with, so I wouldn't know, but I wouldn't like to do it if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it would have been nicer if they could have bunched the countries together. So done it over like four or five countries, but like bunched them together. Yeah, countries were so like, attached. Yeah, or, or close like England, France, Britain, Britain, France, Germany, Spain. Do you know what I mean? Big countries and, and countries which easy like less than an hour, like an hour, two hours oh, at most well, on you, the plane. Well, you, you, there's all loads of ways of travelling. You can go yeah. on the ferry. You can go on, on the on the underground on the on the Eurostar. You can go on the plane. It's, it, it would have made things a lot a lot easier and a lot simpler. But UEFA don't do that. UEFA don't no. make it easy for anybody. You know, what I mean, we we know that from this show. They don't like this show. And we don't like them. So there we go. Yeah, we don't like them at all. However, no. I will say I was relatively happy with Wales's group and England's well, group. I, I was I was extremely pleased, and I think if if. If we didn't get what we wanted, I think we would have been quite critical of it because yeah. it could have been a hell of a lot worse for for everybody. You know what I mean? I think well, our, our our hardest is Croatia, and Croatia at Wembley is a different different animal to Croatia in Croatia or Croatia in the neutral place. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, it is. I mean, Croatia could do anyone on their day, but yeah. you'd expect England to win. I mean, the the one good thing is that you know that the fourth team in the group is either going to be Scotland, Israel, Norway, or Serbia. Yeah. Which you haven't got to worry about, like this big team no. coming in, coming you know, coming in last minute sort of thing. But yeah. you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting if Scotland get chucked in there because that's always tasty. 
Oh, it'd be um, nice, yeah, it'd be nice. I, I think I think it'd be good for the competitiveness, though, because I think it'd be it'll give the players something to look forward to. Because England, obviously, for me, apart from the last World Cup, they've they've underachieved in major tournaments. So it's it's about keeping the focus, and the focus will be kept because you know you've got this big game coming up. But that's the start of the of the Euros, or if that's the last game to to put you through. Because there's always something, there's always an edge on it. So it's it's nice. They're, they're the nice games that you want to play in as well. Yeah, well, I mean, what a, what a group for for those young players that Wales have got, like really young players. Italy, which obviously yeah. Italy, Italy's the ones where you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, that's going to be yeah. a tough one. Switzerland, yeah. Turkey, you know, on their days, they good could sides. Be, yeah, they could, well, good, you know. they're all good sides, Ty, but that that I think that Wales will go in the Italy game and they won't have any fear at all. And, and with 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 the with the pace and the attacking um, threat that Wales pose, I think they can. Uh, I think they'll catch the Italians out and. You know, Italy, Italy, Italy. For me, they're going to find the pressure because they're obviously travelling around as well. You know what I mean? So it's going to be difficult for them as well, like it is for other countries and teams like England have got got it quite easy, quite easy. in in terms of everything's on their on their doorstep. And you know what yeah. I mean? Even if even if they're struggling in games, you've got you've got the sixty, seventy thousand people behind you. So it's it's it it's, a big it's difference, it? massive, massive, mate, massive, massive. Be nice if. Um... I'd like to see Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland and Scotland get there. Although, I don't quite understand how the playoffs are going to work. But no, neither do I. I don't get it because Bulgaria, Bulgaria still got a shout. And Bulgaria, geez, they played against England and they got beat about 11 or 12 in aggregate. So, I don't get how they can still have an opportunity to get through. But So, you know you've got like the three groups of teams, haven't you, where they're the paths yeah. into the... Does that mean that they play each other from each, like each path. They all play each other, do they? And then one so th- yeah, yeah, and I, th- and, I, and, I, and I think well, I think the best runner-up, or the, there's a few good runners-up, isn't there, from the from the qualifying. I think they're already like a last chance saloon. So they think there's a pre a pre game, and then the winners go through to play them to see who goes Jeez. through. And it's just, do you know what I mean? So I think well, so Scotland. Yeah, so Scotland finished strong to give themselves a chance, but they've still got a couple of games to get through to. See where they are because I think that's why. So they've got to play two games before the playoffs. Then have they? Yeah. basically? Yeah, basically, yeah. And I think it's just made it more complicated because that's when the the obviously the tournaments can't be decided until the month before because that's when the final games are because it's just madness. Madness. They've overcomplicated it a bit. I think. Yeah, I do like. I, I like that it's bigger. I like that it's giving other teams a chance. Um, but I just wish they'd make it easy and just have. Yeah. All the third place teams go into a pot, draw out games, and play till you've got however many teams you need. Like, yeah. don't overcomplicate it. What I'd really, I don't know, I don't even know if it's possible, but what I would really, really like to see is Scotland, Ireland, and Northern Ireland all qualify. But I think, looking at the thing I've got in front of me, I think only one of the Irish teams can qualify. But I yeah, might, the, be right. might be wrong. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they can. I, I think one of the British. Te- I think one of the British teams only. I think will be able to qualify. Oh, is it? If, if, if it works out, yeah. Well, I think they might be able to be two, but I think you'd have to you'd have to avoid you'd have to avoid each other going forward as well. It's just it's weird. You'd that. have to get very, you'd have to get very lucky, and you've got to beat whoever's in front of you because there's some there's still I mean, some formidable countries like Serbia who are unlucky not to qualify. Yeah, they've got to be the favourites, haven't they? And when yeah. I look at all those teams, they're the one which I look at, and I think, yeah, they're yeah. gonna. Well, they they were in they were in Portugal's group, weren't they? So they they they, they had a really tough group anyway. So I think uh, I think that that if I if I had to bet on one country to get there, it'd certainly be them. Yeah, 
uh, Kevin De Bruyne was uh, not impressed with the draw. Do you hear what he said? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. It's fair. It's funny, but he's, he, do you know what? He's got a point. You know, called, it, gonna, called it fake. What, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Ban him from the World Cup? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, is it? They want the best players there, and he's 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 probably the best player. So that's it. Um, okay, let's get into the good stuff. Let's get into the 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 three main championship games, which are voted for by the people. Yeah. But yet again, I've voted for Cardiff and Middlesbrough. And as we say, but I've said the last couple of weeks, look, we're not picking these top three games. If you guys don't want to have Cardiff and Middlesbrough, obviously myself and Andy, the majority of my fans, are Cardiff, uh, my followers are Cardiff fans. The majority of Andy's are Cardiff and Middlesbrough fans. So that's, that's what's going to get voted for. So if you want different teams... You've got to vote and you've got to share it and you've got to get your mates and get your you know fellow fans joining in. Get involved, as it were. So, first game, Barnsley 3, Hull City 1. Woof! Yeah, well, to be fair, there was one game that you probably would put your money on. You know what I mean? I've I seen Barnsley, Barnsley midweek against Middlesbrough and uh, all we've done in this show side is say how good Barnsley are going forward and they didn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't witness that. I witnessed um, a team who was in transition with a new manager who looked just looked a little bit confused. That the, the the game plan the game plan was a little bit mixed. But going into a, I probably I call it a local derby because it's uh, what West Yorkshire and East Yorkshire, or North Yorkshire, whatever or West Yorkshire is, Western East Yorkshire. Um, Barnsley absolutely battered them for long periods, and it was surprising because Hull have been so impressive. Um, they took the lead through Muir. I thought he was excellent throughout. I thought he, um, he he just caused problems. He scored one. He set one up. Um, some of the some of the attacking player and, and some of the goals in the game side were just absolutely fantastic. The final goal by uh, Chaplin. He probably won it won it a better shot um, all season. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And um, but the biggest surprise for me was how inept Hull just looked. They looked defensively all over the place. They looked a shadow of um, of themselves and. Um, we, we we go on about uh, Guziki, we go on about Bowen quite a lot, and um, and what they had a really good strong midweek game where they where they won I think they won four nil in, in the week, and to go from from that to to this in a, in a few days is it was just disastrous for them really. You know what I mean? To beat Preston at home four nil, Jared Bowen scored two to to go to the bottom of the league, uh, and obviously the league does, league table doesn't lie, um, and uh, you know what I mean? And Barnsley have given themselves a, an opportunity now because you you take those three points off Barnsley. You know what I mean? The, the the gap from them to Luton would have been um, would have been eight points, and eight points is a massive difference. You know what I mean? With the games coming thick and fast, but now they've given themselves an opportunity. Now it's only five, and uh, really a couple of games. Yeah, but you know what I mean? They've um, they've still let thirty eight goals in, in in nineteen games, which is you know what I mean? It's it's a lot. There's only one worse, and we'll go on about that one soon. But there's only the, obviously Luton, who obviously took over them, got walloped themselves. At, you know what I mean over the weekend, but that's just a one-off game, I believe. But Barnsley are consistently letting, letting goals in, and they shouldn't have to go and score two, three, four goals. Side, you know what I mean? They've got to be a little bit more cleverer with games and see games out a little bit better. Because I know they were tuned up with ten minutes to go, they let a goal in, and, and it was like panic stations. And luckily enough for them, they got the third goal, but could have gone the other way. Well, it was funny because everything we've been saying about Barnsley over the last few weeks was, you know, they're excellent going forward. But at the back, they just look a shambles. Yeah. That was Hull on Saturday. Yeah, Hull, I, I, you know, know. look fine going forward. But at the back, yeah. they just looked all over the place. Yeah, um, does look like uh, Gerard Struber is um, 
taking them a step in the you know in the right direction. They've they've been very good going forward all season. I think um, he's. Uh, I think I, I totally agree, Si. I think. Uh, I think though. I think he's coming now in 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 the, in the short space now. What he's done, he's 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 shored them up a little bit. You know what I mean? And Middlesbrough looked defensive. They looked a lot better defensively on Saturday. They were going to keep a clean sheet for a long period and. You know what I mean? So I, I they're they're a nice football club. You know what I mean? So I I do hope they can turn it around a little bit. Their um their captain uh I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong now. Uh, Alex Moat was absolutely oh, Moet, yeah oh, phenomenal outstanding. Phenomenal, really, yeah. I was I was amazed. Like I was watching it and I was just like, wow, what a game! Like you could see the not just the quality in his play, but like. How much it meant to him, like with every yeah. tackle and every pass and everything was like he was taking care with his passing. He was winning his tackles. It was just impressive. Well, I seen him midweek. I seen him. I seen him midweek side as well, and and it, technically very good. But I didn't see that kind of performance out of him. You know what I mean? So it was uh, it was nice to nice to see that kind of performance level out of somebody. You know what I mean? Who, who like you say cares and you know what I mean? You see his celebration when he scored and you just good, see how, how much. Just seeing how much it means. Oh, there's some cracking goals in the game. His goal was excellent. I thought the last goal I said that was was was, was superb. And you know, what I mean, they fully deserved that the three points. But I think it was much needed because it, it, we spoke about this start of the season, Sai, about confidence, about Huddersfield. That it's 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 just a con, con, continuity of losing games, and they, they were getting used to it, used to losing, losing, losing. And it's hard sometimes to turn that turn that table. And and, and luckily enough for them, they they managed to turn that on Saturday and. Um, and got themselves a, a much-needed three points. Yeah, now look, we are, as we say all time, we are fair even to teams that we historically may not like. We are yeah. fair to everyone. We'll criticise and we'll praise, depending on uh, you know what, what the week is. I thought, and I've been blowing the Jared, uh, Jared Bowen trumpet all season. Mm. Um, he missed a couple of really good chances in this game um, the yeah. one in particular where he raced clear and he just dragged it wide Yeah, and I think that's what pressure can do to you when yeah. you're you know if you're losing a game yeah. but also that... expectation size well yeah. though you know what I mean yeah. I think I think he's 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 uh, he's, uh, he's the master of his own, own downfall sometimes because he's he's doing so well everyone's expecting him to score one two every game and that kind of, it's not going to happen he's still young in terms of being a footballer and for that pressure to be on a young boy's shoulders to to drag a football club through a season is is hard work and you know what I mean and and uh, uh, you know what I mean I hope he doesn't get to him that much that that he does start to feel the pressure a little bit because Saturday like you say looked like that yeah I think as well is um, like so they depend so much on him and Grzycki so much yeah that it can be problematic for like you know young players but. Um, but like Hull just couldn't pass from, you know, one one player to another. It was very um, my favourite saying, piss poor. It was really, yeah, it was awful, really. Yeah. It was awful. Just, they lacked, awful. Um, they lacked like this kind of composure just to pass football five ten yards. Really, and you haven't seen that even though, even when Hull have lost this season, they've generally been pretty good. Yeah, and they've been quite unlucky a few times. But mm. this was. Uh, yeah, I just can't. I just can't compare those. I they're, they're going to be Preston four 0 on Shit. Wednesday night. It's Preston, just... who being one of the best teams in the league all year. Yeah, and uh, you know they, they keep a clean sheet, and then and then you go and let three goals in against bottom of the league. It's just maybe they went in the game a little bit too confident, arrogant. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe the um, you go in some. Maybe they went in thinking it was job done already. We're yeah, in it's form. Only, it's only only Barnsley. Yeah, tell talk to me about Corley Woodrow. Ah, uh, and do you know what? I came across I came I came across this uh, this boy years and years and years ago. He's had a lot of loan spells. I think he's took his he's took his time to uh, find his feet um, as a as a, as a player. Um, but uh, it's technically, it doesn't get don't get any better. Don't get any better than him, you know what I mean? I know he's uh, he's had a, I, I, I wouldn't say a checkered career, you know what I mean? But he started off at, at Fulham. Um, I think he went to Southend. He's come back to Fulham. He's been to Burton. He's been to Bristol City. He's now at Barnsley, you know what I mean? I think only now he's finding his, his true home. Last season, he scored 16 goals. This season, he's on seven already, you know what I mean? So, he's 25 years old and he seems to have been around, oh God, uh, what, 10, 15 years, it seems like, you know, but... He's technically very good, you know what I mean? Imagine if he was in one of the top sides in the Championship, how many goals he would be scoring. You know what I mean? I know Barnsley do create a lot of chances, so he's got a, an opportunity, but yeah. so do Fulham, so does Swansea, so does Leeds, so do Forest, so do Cardiff. So, and we create a better chance because you're working with better players, you know yeah. what I mean? So, it'd, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be a travesty for someone like Barnsley to lose their best player, but you also want the best players to play at the, at the highest possible levels of it with the best possible teams. Yeah, he's 25 as well, where yeah. that's like kind of that age, isn't it? Where he's got to be thinking, or he might be thinking, not unless he might be thinking, look, I got probably seven years left at the peak of my career. Yeah. Do I want to get relegated back to League One now? Or do I want to try and make that move to a top championship club? Maybe even a, you know, a lower Premier League club? Yeah, I don't think he can afford, I don't think he can afford to get relegated, so I'll be honest. I don't think, you know, I, mean, I think at the stage of his career now, you know what I mean? Last season he's got himself a promotion, he had a really good season. I don't think he can afford now to to take that step back and get and, and get relegated. I think uh, I think his performances already in the championship have proved that he's good enough to stay in this league. Um, and you know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me if someone came in and uh, and and snapped up in January. I think, I think he'd be a good signing for Bournemouth. Yeah, I think he could do a really good job for because of the way they play. Good they shot, create, yeah. create a yeah. lot. And he's, he's, he's technically he's technically very good. So he's a, he, he sounds like a like a, a Eddie Howe type of player. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 that's um, that's my shout yeah. for the future. Yeah. Um, next game Leeds four, Middlesbrough nil. Um, it's, in, it's interesting. I've got. Uh, I'm going to play. Just sorry, mate, to interrupt you. Just so you know, I'm going to play Titanic music into the background Ooh. of this. Well, you might, as well, you, might, you might as well go at the end of the end of the film then, because it's already sunk. Uh, yeah. I think uh, men versus boys. Meant to be fair, it was uh, it was it was uh, it was harrowing, harrowing. It was it was upsetting. Um, it started off awful. Um, it probably should have been um, it probably should have been one nil before Paddy Bamford scored the header because he missed the easier header before he scored the header. Um, and then to be fair, how. How Paddy only scored one goal in that 90-minute football game was beyond me because he missed chance after chance after chance. It's like he felt sorry for them. Um, uh, Klitsch got himself uh, a couple of goals. His second goal was absolutely outstanding. His, his first goal was, was a deflection, but right on the stroke of half-time. And It depends who you talk to. I watched the game and I thought that that goal was deserved and coming. If you talk to uh, the Middlesbrough manager, um, he said that it changed the game. It didn't change the game whatsoever. It was game over. Well, been true before that was game over after three minutes when it was one nil. So never mind at half time. Um, uh, Held the cost scored a very good goal in the second half. 
Uh, and then Cliff scored himself an absolute worldie at the end. And just summed it up. If it wasn't for the goalkeeper, Ainsley Pears, it should have been six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not over exaggerating. You know what I mean? It's he was that good. You know what I mean? I felt really sorry for him that um, they got beat four 0 It sounds like a drubbing for a goalkeeper, but if it wasn't for him, it could have been, I should have been a hell of a lot more. We speak about Sai about how many chances Leeds create, and um, I can't believe how many chances they create. But then I can't believe they don't score. And I've got they don't, they don't score any goals. Or as many goals as it should, because some of the chances of the career are easy, simple chances. And then they've got to score worldy goals like Clichester and Helder Costa has to, 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 to put the ball in the back of the net. It's, um, it's, it's, it's very surreal at times watching it, but Leeds United, what can I say? Electric, exciting, um, ruthless uh, promotion. I can't. I can't see past it. I'll be honest. I can't. If they if they continue this, you know what I mean. They're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be in the Premier League and, and deservedly be so. You know what I mean. The manager is just relentless. He's just he's non-stop. You know what I mean. You four nil up. He could easily shut up shop and be happy with that. He's not. You go. I'm going. I want four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's not. He's not. He's not that bothered. He's he's ruthless and he's the kind of manager you want to charge your football club. Yeah, spot on. Um... And look, mate, before I go into some of the points I'll make, I gotta say I can tell like how uh like how much is how much has upset you and how much like you're frustrated by like what's going on with your club. And I you know, I know the feeling very well. Um yeah. so I will say I thought Pears was outstanding. I thought he was so good. Yeah. Well, I'll, um, I'll stop you there, Sai, on, on that on that point because I don't know I don't know if you, if you know his dad. So his dad, Stephen Pears. Stephen Pears used to be Middlesbrough goalkeeper back yeah. when I used to watch him in Edison Park, and so he was one of my heroes. So for now, watching a Pears in goal again for Middlesbrough is like ah, oh, I think this is one of the things what still excites me and still gets me going again yeah. because it's it's like watching Middlesbrough back in '86 and '87, '88, and it's, uh, and the time, the good old the good old days from watching with my dad at Edison Park and. But yeah, apart from that, it was the only it was the only plus on Saturday for me. Yeah, he was very very good. Um, so one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna get the negative out of the way because there's only a little bit of negative for Leeds, only a tiny bit. Um, first is they need a centre forward if they are gonna, um, if because they're quite they're capable of doing that to top top sides. Yeah, but they need when they come up against really really good defenses they need a striker who's going to take those chances and they made i'm sorry but paddy bamford missed some chances again which oh, was poor. and they're not just you know half chances they're chances that you've got to take at this level you have to take them um so i that would if i was a leeds fan i would still have be like worried about that a little bit but you know they're playing so well. I'm sure they're not worried about it at all. When they got the like, you know, Glick is just what a player. Um, he should be, could be he could go and play at the very top level, in my opinion. He's so good. Helda Costa is not far off as well. Um, and I'm massive, massive fan of the manager. I think he easily yeah. one of the most exciting managers in world football. And yeah. I, as I've mentioned before, when Cardiff sacked Malky Mackay, I wanted him at Cardiff. Um, one thing I'm not having is um, is Middlesbrough boss saying uh, or blaming injuries for the for the the run and the way Middlesbrough are performing um, because it's been all season. They've mm-hmm. they've been they 
like they might have the odd game, like you said earlier in the week, they were pretty good. But yeah. overall, they've been very poor. Um, I think fans have been very patient with him. Yeah. But I don't like some of his interviews, I've got to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, there's, there, there was one after the game on Saturday which uh, riled me a little bit. And uh, I did, uh, I spoke to the, uh, to the local radio today uh, and, and I mentioned this about the, the interview. So it was the interview after the game and he stated that um, we need reinforcements. Well, unfortunately, the way the football is, you can't do it till the window. So you've got a month left of what, what you're working with. How does a player who's in that football club now react to that statement from your manager that you're not good enough and you've got a month of this? listen to yeah. again so as a player you've just listened to that um, and then as a supporter you're, you're listening to the players didn't give up <clears throat> if I watched a football game with somebody who wore my shirt and I watched a player give up I would be he would never play for my club again or I would never yeah. want him to play for my club again so that's yeah, a given know. that is an absolute given that every time they put the shirt on they run through a brick wall for your football club and that's if he's a local boy who's, who's lived in there all his life or it's someone who's Who's, who's been there for five minutes? I don't care less. You know what I mean. So, you've got to be careful what you say in interviews. At the same time, people and reporters are clever. They ask questions which managers get straight away after a game, and emotions yeah. are high. And, they set them up, don't they? Yeah, but at the same time, though, that's why the experienced managers, the Klopp's, the Neil Warnock's, that they make uh, jokes and. Uh, the Mourinho's that it's 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 a game of cat and mouse, and it's, that's the way it's got to be. You know what I mean? Because you can't stand there and have a, a full blown argument with a reporter because you just look stupid, and you're going to end up losing your job because of it. It's not the football ends relevant, irrelevant, and I just think you just got to be careful sometimes, or sometimes take yourself out the firing line. Say, send your assistant manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say, so, listen, I've done, I've, I've had enough today. I'm not going. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think unless you get like unless it's like a a nine nil where you yeah. have to face you know you have to face yeah, the media yeah. type of thing. Like don't get us you know Leeds were very very good and fully oh, deserved Bielsa, their Bielsa, win. Bielsa, Bielsa didn't do his interview after the game. His, his, his assistant manager did it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and he, he must have been the proudest man in the world. Four 0 win, a local local rival. You know what I mean? Could have been a lot more. You know what I mean? He should he should have been proudest punch standing there talking about his, how good his side is. But he passed it on. I feel like um, Woodgate is. I'm gonna say this. I think I feel like he's showing his inexperience tactically a bit over the, particularly over the last few weeks, where he's kind of sticking to the same, same way of playing, same tactics, same everything, regardless of the game situation. Yeah. Like for me, twenty minutes into this game, you could see Leeds were running rampant. So yeah. you need to you need to shore it up. If that mm-hmm. means bringing your, you know, me going to you know five, five uh, four five one or four four six zero, and just telling your striker to drop into midfield and stop leads getting through you, that's what you do for twenty minutes. Just mm-hmm. to you know, imagine take it take it as deep as you can when you're playing a top team. So if you're if you're in a cup game and you're playing like a Real Madrid or a Man City or a Liverpool and you're a lower league team, your plan generally is to try and hit them on the break, take the game as deep as possible. Mm. So twenty minutes into this game, 
Leeds scored an early goal, and they were all over Borough. And I felt, I felt like he should have tried to change it tactically to just take the game deep, and then he can, you know, he can alter it and try and get a draw or a win. And he didn't. But that comes with experience time as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Course, and yeah, I believe, yeah. I, believe, I believe he needs help and. Um... Uh, I kept this. I kept this to myself under my sleeve, just in case you had an idea. But uh, there's a big story um, came out today that Neil Warnock's uh, been approached by Steve Gibson um, to come and help him out, and uh, I think it's an absolute genius stroke. To be That's honest, I think say. it would be it would be an absolute. I'm not. I'm not saying to come in and be manager. I'm, yeah. I'm saying to come in and help him out, advise him on a day to day basis, short term, until he, can, until he can, until he, yeah, until he can. Um, he needs somebody there, day in, day out, who, who he can bounce ideas off and just someone to reassure him that what he's doing is the right thing or the wrong thing. And someone like Neil would be would be bang on and spot on for that role and he wouldn't have the pressure that he's, that he's had previous years or the expectations straight away. But um, but end of the day, if things weren't going the way that the club wanted in the changeover period that he's there to take over if needed. And I think he'd guarantee to keep Middlesbrough in the league, which is the most important and the only fundamental thing that, that can happen because um, that football club is um, is destined for relegation if they're not careful. And that this this town cannot get relegated because the money which football generates in the area, it, it would be an absolute travesty for the area, never mind um, the football club, you know what I mean? It's the football club secondary to the area. The area makes the football club, and yeah. the chairman loves the area. And it's at the minute we just we've just got there's something missing. There's something massively missing. And but we can't keep saying this week in week out, and it's happening every single game, every single week. And and I hate I hate coming on here, um, getting used to it because do you know what I mean. I look at the Stoke Cities, I look at the Huddersfields. You're allowed one bad result. You're allowed to lose now and again, but. You can't get used to it. You can't. You, you, no, no one enjoys it. You know, it's not. It's not like we've sold a full team and and be left with with kids here. You know what I mean? They've still got some some of the best championship players on paper in their team in their squad. So I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Yeah, who's his coaching staff? Um, he's got uh, Robbie Keane as his assistant manager. Ex Tottenham, Republic of Ireland international. He's got um, um, Leo, which is our old goalkeeping coach, uh, but he's got him in as a first team coach. Uh, maybe he's acting issue, you know. Maybe he's maybe he's brought, he's brought his own pl- staff in because he wants to trust people, and you know what I mean. But they're all honestly... quite. They're all like Robbie Keane, brilliant player, but yeah. very very inexperienced in terms of coaching, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's not. A ma- he's not a manager, is he? He's not. He's same not, he's as Woodgate. Not yeah, not there's not earned the stripes as yet, you know. So, for me, I, I think, uh, you know, what I mean, I think Steve McLaren's name was mentioned over over the weekend uh, about helping out and being in an advisory role. You know, he's he's been there before, and obviously, uh, it, it obviously stopped me going the game again. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I think it, it, the manager needs help. I I, I do firmly believe, uh, and if that's by somebody coming in experience, then it's only only got to be good for the football club. Yeah, I think so. I think Warnock's probably a better choice. Um, not a fan of Steve McLaren, then, mate, are we? No, no, I, I don't think it'd be. It wouldn't be my first choice. I think, uh, I think if he got if he got appointed, I think I, I'd have to either ban myself off Twitter or Twitter would probably ban me for a week. 
I think I'd have to rest for a week. Yeah, I think he needs he needs some help. I hope I hope they give him help rather than just bid him off. Uh, uh listen, you know, what I mean, I, I know, I know the fellow. I went to school with him. I'm, 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 I'm mates with him. I don't want him to lose his job, but at the same time, I love my football club. So, I, I mean, I, I'm caught between two, two uh, rock and a hard place at the minute, you know. So, you know, what I mean, I'd love him to turn things around, but I, I, I'm sure I said this six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. So, I can't keep on saying it, and I, I'm not going to get to April and say he got us relegated, but he's still my friend. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I can't do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's. It's my football club's my football club, but it's got a history from, with me, and, and I love it. I still live in the area, and you know what I mean. I, I need I need them to do well. I need them to turn around, and um, and even just from prediction on the show that and they've got to get up just from predictions. So <laughs> it looks stupid if they don't. Well, I think that ship that ship sailed for us, mate. Yeah, with those predictions. I know, but uh, as we keep saying, we'll really we will reveal the the real predictions yeah, soon. Of course, of course. Maybe we'll reveal them at Christmas time. Christmas, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, next up was Forest nil, Car City one. Um, brilliant results. I think I think paper looks uh, like a wonderful thing, but I think the facts of the game are that if uh, Nottingham Forest had um, had any decent uh, goal scoring. Uh, players on the pitch they would have won the game 32 shots on goal but to only hit the target twice is uh, is quite alarming it must be really worrying for Nottingham Forest fans because you're creating chances but you've got to hit the target to score you know what I mean if that's rushing it if that's but take, take nothing away from Neil Harris to start though side he's got them looking in better shape he's starting to get players playing who have not played all season um, like uh, Mendes Lang you know what I mean he's starting to play properly again you know what I mean if that's if that's taking a change of manager to do these kind of things then so be it you know what I mean but he scored himself a very good goal I think the, the keeper will be a little bit disappointed in himself I think a little bit but um, it was a very good goal um, but I just can't see I can see that the, the appointment of Neil Harris being a good thing because I think he's his ideas are going to be a lot different to the players and I think he's he's, he's they look, they look like they've got a little bit of freshness. We've got a buzz about them again. You know what I mean? You've got, um, I'll use him as an example, Joe Bennett. You know what I mean? He's making overlap runs now. You know what I mean? Where I think under Neil, uh, Neil Warnock, he, he was sat back a little bit. He didn't seem, he was scared to cross the, across the halfway line. Where now you're getting wingers, you're getting fullbacks overlapping and you're getting crosses in the box. You're getting shots on target. And I think it's, it can only be a good thing because when he took over, we were all worried. You know what I mean? We've looked at Charlton. You, you, you've got your home game. And you go to Nottingham Forest and win, you know what I mean? So, an absolute dream start, you know what I mean? Because at half-time against Charlton Athletic, I think we all wanted him out. We all wanted him, you know what I mean? And a week a week later, a week, hindsight's a wonderful thing. A week later, he's, he's the best thing since sliced bread. But, you know what I mean? Nottingham Forest, I think, they'll be very disappointed that, that they didn't get something from the game. But you, you, you've got to hit the target. You've got to break teams down. And, and Cardiff have got a better shape about them. And defensively, they look, looked a little bit more solid. That that made Nottingham Forest hit shots from long distance outside the box, wide. You know what I mean. So they made they played to their strength a little bit, and that, that was that was like a, a Neil Warnock tactic that yeah, you're happy to let teams shoot, but shoot when you're happy, not when they're happy. And uh, and I think uh, I think Cardiff fans and players will have gone home on uh, on Saturday night absolutely delighted with the three points. Yeah, I think first and foremost the championship is about results. Yeah. Like by hook or crook, you just get get the results. 
particularly away from home. Um, everyone knows I wasn't a massive uh, fan of the decision to bring Neil Harris in. But then when I looked at those games on paper, it was a Charlton Stoke and Forest. Stoke and Forest, yeah, three tough games. games. Stoke started was having a new manager themselves, so it was always going to be a tough game. So mm-hmm. to come out with that with nine points, uh, uh, sorry, uh, seven, seven points, points yeah. uh, can't really fault it. Um, yes. Well, I, I looked at I looked at the first game, side, I look at the Charlton game defensively all over the place. Stoke City yeah. clean sheet. Um, Saturday another clean sheet. You know what I mean? So that's... second half against uh, against Charlton clean sheet. So two and a half games without letting a goal in. Yeah, and that's I think that's the biggest worry for Cardiff fans. Yeah. Um, you know, whilst we're very worried about the amount of goals we were not scoring, um, the goals we were conceding compared to previous years, even last year in the Premier League, we oh, looked yeah. much more solid. Um, and I think he's done whatever he's done. He's he shored them up at the back. Um, Mendes Lang looks like Mendes Lang again. Yeah. Um, I do think he's a confidence player, but he suddenly looks like the player which everyone knows he can be big and strong and fast yeah. and skillful and cutting making, in or making going making down things the happen. Yeah, making things yeah. happen again. And yeah, and if that's if that's what happens when a new manager takes over, side then. You know, maybe other teams are going to look at that and think it's about time we change things because you know, I mean, we've said this about uh, about Millwall. Gary Rowett come in. You look at some of the performances from from Jed Wallace, for example, uh, Mendes Lang. That you know, what I mean, that these kind of players, the confidence players, and if the managers manages them correctly, they can pull in performances and be match winners like they are, but like they are doing week in week out now. And it's it's uh, but it needs to continue though. Mendes Lang can't just do it. Saturday and then not do it again for another week or two. He's got to, got to get the consistency to his game. He needs to bring more goals to his game and, and it needs to be regular. You know what I mean? If Jared Boyne can score regular goals, so can Mendes Lang. You know what I mean? He's got all the attributes to be a top, top player. You know what I mean? He's come up the leagues, so he knows what it, he knows what it takes to get where he is now. You know what I mean? He's had that taste of the Premier League. He wants to, he must want to get there again. Must want to get there again. But he's, he's only going to get there again by pure hard graft and, and putting his body in the line where it hurts and 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 getting those performances and, and and getting the goals and you know I mean Cardiff City need more goals and hopefully he's the catalyst now and that was the catalyst on Saturday to to push push us forward a little bit to the next level. Yeah, sometimes I feel like he needs to be a bit braver, um, not braver as in going in for challenges, but braver in uh, not taking the easy option to yeah. to kind of stop, cut back, lay it back to the midfielder, you know, really run at his man or. Yeah. And try and make something happen because he's perfectly capable of, capable of doing it. And I think the last couple of games he's looked more like that. But equally, like you said, they've kind of got to find goals. And I yeah. think it can't just be down to Mendes Lang or no. Tomlin. It's got to be a collective effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not really having Gary Medine as a first-choice striker. However, I will say mm-hmm. um, I thought he was pretty good against Forrest and I thought he was all right against... Stoke. Yeah, um, I think I th- I I'd think, rather uh, I'd rather Glaxo play, but mm. I think I'm not sure if he's still injured. But you look at uh, you look at Neil Harris's uh, previous employment at Millwall. He loved Steve Morrison, loved him, loved him. And so maybe he sees Gary Medine as that big target man, more mobile than Steve Morrison. So you know what I mean? If that's sorry if it's working, it can uh, he can do what he wants. You know what I mean? It's you get yeah. you judge by you judge by results, aren't you? And, He'd be judged by his team selection if we weren't winning games, but 
is Gary Medine going to get you 15, 20, 25 goals a season? No, he's not. Um, so, but we need goals from somewhere because, um, like you say, if Mendes Lang isn't scoring or he's playing out wide or he's playing from deep and uh, Tomlin's just not working or it's not it's not happening, even though he's playing really well, by the way, and getting man of the matches oh, and, yeah. and, and he's on top form. Um, we just uh, we just need we need we need some goals from somewhere else, and that might be a Aidan Flint coming up with a couple of goals and a centre or a fullback coming up with or, or a Joe Rawls again coming up with his fit and banging another hat trick in or something. There's something we need goals, goals, goals from somebody else. Yeah, uh, Forest, very very worrying for for Forest. I think to to miss that to have thirty plus shots in a game and only have two on target is a concern. When you look at the players they've got, um, you know how many week, how many times this year have we praised the likes of Joe Lolly and uh, Amiobi or uh, Grabham, who you know whoever? Like we've 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 really waxed lyrical about their attacking players, yeah. and they were poor. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's the it's the inconsistency, or, or is this or, or is this just the championship? You know that. Um, you take Lewis Grabbin's goals out of um, Forest, though, and obviously they're really struggling. And uh, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that bothered on Saturday, but at the same time, you know what I mean. Some, you just want the good players, don't you? Performing all the time, so we can keep raving about them and keep keep talking about how good they are. And but two shots out of thirty-two is is just not good enough. And yeah, I think that's that's the reason why they they got beat on Saturday. Because even if they put both them shots in, in the net side, you know what I mean. It, two goals. It's from the the percentages and averages of of what, of what we just spoke about there, it's it's not it's not it's it's quite worrying really. Yeah, indeed. Um, so next up is uh, Swansea one, Fulham two, which was the Friday night game. Um, yeah, um, I was quite intrigued with um, team selection on uh, on Friday night because uh, we spoke uh, about uh, Kamara. Uh, obviously, Kamara got himself a couple of goals um, the week before, so. To put Mitrovic back in and then still play Kamara for me was, oh, well, it turned out to be a masterstroke because uh, because you just got the best the best performance and you can't leave a player like uh, Mitrovic on the bench. You know what I mean? Obviously, two goals in the first half just cemented that. And you know what I mean? I know we have a little, I have a little bit of fun on social media with um, with Swansea fans, but I like the way they play football. I like that they create chances. I like that they keep the ball and they play the Swansea way. But when you're playing against somebody like Mitrovic. You got to adapt your game accordingly, and you know what I mean. He just he just dominated the game, and he, first half he was just he was electric. He held all he held onto the ball really well, and brought people into the game really well, and he deserved his two goals. And Fulham aren't going to give up a two nil a two nil lead. You know what I mean? You can't give sides like Fulham a, a two nil lead at half time. And uh, I thought Swansea huffed and puffed second half. I thought that they, they created a lot more chances second half. They were the best side. They had all the play, had all the possession, but. I didn't really see them getting back in the game, even if even after they got back into two one. I think I think Fulham deserved the deserved the win, and uh, and it shot them right up the table and made our prediction look a little bit better. Yeah, quite right. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. So um, yes, I mean, Fulham just sat back in the second half and just soaked it up, really. Yeah. But um, but the one thing I'd say about Mitrovic is he hasn't looked at his best the last few weeks. Um, so maybe Kamara coming in and scoring a couple, and there being a question mark over whether he started, maybe that gave him a bit of motivation when he found out he was starting. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he scored 15 goals this year, so 
you know, he's not struggling too much. But I do think the the couple of weeks previous to when he was injured or suspended, wasn't he? Um, yeah. He was struggling to get it in the back of the net. He was struggling. He yeah. just didn't look himself. But maybe the break did him good. Like just yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think he's gone. It's gone as many goals as I thought he would. Say si. I thought he would have. I thought he was going to bag twos, threes, you know what I mean? But I think I think, I think, think it's created some space for other players when he plays because yeah. the knockouts and Calavaleros have had a lot of space because he takes pressure off those those kind of players and gives them uh, a platform to go and play. And it's uh, it must be easy to play with him because he takes two players out of the game. Yeah, I thought uh, Swansea tried in the second half. They just couldn't quite get that. Creative spark. I thought yeah. George George Byers. I thought was excellent though. Yeah, I, you have to take a risk, and I think Swansea are good at that because they, they, they play this expansive game of football and they create chances and they, they keep the ball really well. But it's a big ask to to go two 0 down at half time and, and pick up and get get an equaliser. Yeah, indeed. Uh, next up, Charlton one, Sheffield Wednesday three. What a header! Uh, by the way. What a header oh, this was. Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, well. To fair, Sheffield would have been on a bit of a bit of a bad run. What the four without four without a win? Um, Stephen Fletcher's goal from Barry Bannum's cross. It was just absolutely electric. It was a great header, um, and I thought he was excellent throughout. He got he got himself a second goal in the second half from a penalty, um, and then obviously the last goal was always going to happen with 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 Charlton pushing men forward. But I think Sheffield Sheffield have got an opportunity this season. They've got an opportunity to excel. They've got an opportunity to to get in the playoffs and. Um, you know, I mean, Charlton's not an easy place to go to. Cardiff found that out last weekend. You know, I mean, other teams, Leeds have been there and, and been beaten. So to go there and comfortably beat Lee Boyer's side, you know, what I mean, it's like it's like the Charlton have run out of run out of puff a little bit and they've run out of energy and, and there's something massively missing um, from their point of view. You know, what I mean, I think that they are really struggling a little bit. They've uh, what they've they haven't won in seven games. I mean, they haven't won since they beat Derby County. You know what I mean? Obviously, they drew a card of two nil up. So, you know, I mean, there's a, there's obviously an issue and a confidence issue, and they're letting a lot of goals in. And you know what I mean? But when you're playing against someone like Stephen Fletcher, we just spoke talk about Mitrovic. You put the ball in a decent area, side. He's going to score goals. And you know what I mean? He's a, he's a, he's he's done it in the Premier League. He's done it the Championship all his life. He's done it for Scotland, and and he's certainly continuing to do it now. Yeah, and it was a bullet, bullet of a header. Oh, great um, idea. Obviously, Charlton had this. Diarrhea and vomiting going through their squad, which meant they only had five players on the bench. Um, you know, there's not a great deal you can do about that. Um, no, no, no. And they already had injuries in within the squad as it was, yeah. uh, and that just adds to it, doesn't it? It just makes yeah. it even more difficult. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday around a very good season. Macaulay Bond, excellent again. Yeah, he's got a uh, good goal as well. Another good goal. Yeah, he's uh, making a name for he's making a name for himself, say. Yeah, bro. Barry Barry Bannon's crossing. Oh, it's 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 like pinpoint. It's like he's like he's like he's he's got a wand. He's got a wand, and he just he just seems to put it on the player for players. And when you've got when you've got someone with Fletcher's attributes, and you've got someone with Barry Bannon's accuracy, it's just it's just a no-brainer. His set pieces, his crossing, his his corners. It's just it must just be a dream for Fletcher. Yeah, look, I shouldn't be surprised by his act, like his set pieces and his crossing and. But I just every time I watch it, I'm like enthralled by just how accurate his, his yeah. cr- crossing and long distance passing is. It's incredible. Um, obviously, Charlton got new owners now, so I'm I think 
there's not many people who are too sad to see uh, the Belgian owner leave. No, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been coming. They need. They needed. They needed a fresh outlook on. You know what I mean for the football club to move into the direction that they need to go, and hopefully it's time for them to kick on a little bit because they've had a they've had a good season. All right, they're struggling, but they're always going to have a sticky patch, and it's how they respond from it, and you know what I mean, and uh, it's how Lee Boyer um, responds from it, and. And, and moves the club forward because I think it shows that, that the squad wasn't good enough at the start of the season that they needs to invest in, in some new players in January. It'll, it'll be interesting to see who he brings in or what kind of players he brings in in January. Yeah, absolutely. I um I think it's probably I think it's I think Bowie has managed that quite well, the the problems with the owner and the fans and you know, he's kind of tried to keep the focus on the pitch, which is all he can do, you know, he can't control what's going on with the boardroom so he's yeah. just gone from there uh, next up was Birmingham one Millwall uh, Millwall one sorry yeah well just uh, uh, quite an even game really you know what I mean a, a, a drab first half with uh, with not many chances really created especially by the home side I think Millwall were the better side they edged the first half but then Birmingham edged the second half but obviously it was um, Millwall who took the lead through Shane Williams um, but Birmingham still impressed me. So I run about the youngsters in Birmingham. They've got full of energy. They never give up. And I think this season, especially, that having a young side, it gives them a, a never-say-die attitude. And you know what I mean? I, I've been so impressed with that this season. I watched them closely when they played Middlesbrough. Um, you know what I mean? So I'd like to see a little bit more of them live in, in, in live games. But I think playing Millwall at home, you know, Ari Millwall have picked up over recent weeks with Gary Rowett. But I think that's, that's the kind of game that is Birmingham managers and players they'd be expecting them to win but I think a fair result in the end because I don't think any any team really deserved to win the game No, I think it was a fair result uh, the youngster was excellent again um, Jude Bellingham Bellingham, like, yeah it's just every, every game he's, 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 like fine, he's like a fine wine he just seems to seems to get better with age and every week and I think uh, I think he's, he's, he's on a crossroads side in his career though that he's got a big decision to make in January because someone's going to come in with an offer 100% so it's as at the football club. How do they respond to it? Do they sell him? Do they get him on loan back? Do they not accept anything and, and be stubborn and, and, and tell him to stay, even if the player wants to? It's a difficult one because I looked at Deli Ali as a similar a similar thing with MK Dons that Spurs bought him, loaned him back to MK Dons. He had a couple of good seasons. He's He's young, younger. He's younger though, isn't he? He is. He is younger. Yeah. I, I, I said all along, I think he needs to stay and play fifty games. You know what I mean? He needs to stay this season, play 50 games, reevaluate in the summer, and then go from there. You know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna become 25 overnight. You know what I mean? He's 17 years old, and he's still gonna be 17 when the season finishes. So you know what I mean? He just needs to play as many games as he can because he's, he doesn't want to go and move to a football club and not play. He's playing week in, week out, so he needs to play. He needs to continue his development of of playing, and you're only gonna get better with that by playing football games. Yeah, and the other thing I think he needs to take into account is not every club will play a 17-year-old from the start, week in, week out, no. um, which is what he's getting with Birmingham. Yeah, so yeah. he can get experience. Like, if he'd stayed at Birmingham, for instance, till he was 19, 20, he's going to have played over probably 150 games. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Totally so, agree. And I think that experience at such a young age is so important much, more, much yeah. more important than getting a big move now at age 17 
yeah. then either being loaned out or playing in the under twenty threes, which is you know a, a not oh. a great standard. Just pointless exercise. Well, the thing is, I'll say he could end up getting swallowed in that and that and and play there for five years, and it's just yeah. pointless. Where the minute he's playing first team football, competitive football in the championship in front of supporters week in week out, when he needs to continue his development by doing that. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, next up, it's a close game. Uh, Brentford 7, Luton 0. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, I've got one of my um, one of my downs is in this game, so I won't mention it, but some of the goals that, and chances that Luton give away were, were scandalous. You know what I mean? I, um, I watched uh, uh, bits of Soccer Saturday back and uh, I saw the commentator was on, I think it was, was it Chris Camaro at the game and he was, he was on about the defender from Luton and he just said that, they're not running around. They're not tackling, and you don't get beat seven 0 side by fluke. You know what I mean? That there's men against boys again, and Luton can't afford to to get embroiled into this because that can have a massive impact on confidence. You know what I mean? Yes, we've been impressed with Brentford. Yes, they're on a good run of form, but you know what I mean? For me, you you, you shut up shop at times. You know what I mean? That yeah, you're going at half time. You're you're five 0 down. The, the game finishes five nil. It doesn't get any worse. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be professional about this. And you know what I mean? It was, it was. Ollie Watkins got his, his goal. We had a, we had a hat trick from De Silva. Um, we had a, a couple of penalties, and it was just, it was, it was just, it was just a, a one-sided game of football, which isn't nice to see, especially when all the praise and all the thoughts we've been, we've been giving to Luton Town this season. Yeah, Luton have been very good this year. Hopefully, it's yeah. a one-off. Uh, yeah. jo- Josh De Silva obviously scored a hat trick. Scores hat trick, yeah. Ollie Watkins been banging him in all season. Yeah. We, you know, we say we've said you know a couple of times Brentford spent loads in the summer, but you've still got to gel them together. You have still got to get them playing, and I think yeah. it took took them a month at the start of the season to to just to gel and to get it going. They were a bit sort of on and off at the start of the season but they do seem to be really clicking now and getting getting where they should be yeah well I think uh, Griffin Park's going to be a, a not very nice place to go and I think a lot of teams will go, will go there and uh, and they'll know they've been in the game and I think that'll be that'll be, that'll be the big sides or it'll be the, the, the lesser sides and you know what I mean that they create chances to score goals and it'll be interesting to see how uh, Brentford use the transfer window because do they think they need to push on the next level to to progress to try and break into that uh, top four, top two, you know. So it's, it'd be interesting how they go about things, really. Indeed. Uh, next up, Bristol 5, Huddersfield 2. Uh, I think we'll put this down to a, a, a bad day at the office for, for Huddersfield because we've been a, a, a big fan of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the Cowley brothers. and you know that, But you can't give goals away like they did. You know what I mean? That There was own goals thrown in there, defensive howlers. Um but they were just all over the place defensively. Uh, from set pieces, they were all over the place. I know Ashley Williams scored, I think it was the fourth goal from a from a corner. And it was just so easy. It's just a, the, how easy he just ghosted into the box. And I think that's the, the, the most worrying thing for me because obviously they've come into the to the job. Um, they've worked on all these things. They think they've nailed it. And then they go back to where they were previously. And and now they, they look like they go back to the, to the drawing board. But I think, it, I, do, I do believe it's just a one-off game side that, Bristol City were good on the day. This this is the Bristol City that we expected at the start of the season. This is the Bristol City that we haven't had, which we, which which we thought we were going to get, and um, and with certain players, and 
You know, I mean, Wyman got himself a goal. They looked strong in set pieces. Brownell scored a very good goal. But defensively, at the same time, they let a couple of goals in. Bakuna scored again from coming off the bench. Um, and, uh, and and Grant scored the first goal. But it's just, it just, they just looked all over the place. He did. Uh, Ashley Williams rolling back the years, playing yeah. uh, playing like Franco Baresi at the back. <laughs> he was, yeah. But, uh... but if, you're, if you're not going to be tested, though, by... Uh, by, by a team coming at you or the way they're set up, he's, he's going to have all the time yeah. in the world, isn't he? Um, you know, Car- uh, Cowley was very honest afterwards. Um, you know, he sort of said, like, it went beyond football. I've been involved with su- successful teams, you know, with good men, but they were short today. He said, I felt ashamed when I had to go over and applaud the fans at the end. Uh, he said, we are pampered and we flew down yesterday when they were working to earn money to come and watch us referring to the fans. Um so you know he took it quite uh quite personally and he yeah he's taken you know he's taken it to heart. Um now obviously this is the first time I think since he's taken over and all the brothers have taken over that they've been sort of thumped if you like. Yeah. I think generally they've picked up haven't they and they've done very well. Um so it'd be interesting what sort of re- response he can get from the players because he was clearly not happy afterwards. Yeah, but I, I, I find those comments are quite quite good. That he's he's he didn't come out with those comments at the start when he took over, so he's yeah. he's got things right before he's come out with his comments because he knows that the football club is not in a good state still. He knows that the playing staff that he's got won't be the still the same playing staff he's got in January and July. So he's, that that club's going to evolve massively. You know what I mean? So as long as they stay up, which I do believe they will. Um, because I think because they've got him in charge, I think him and him alone will keep them in this league. Um, and, I, and, I, and I just believe it'll just—it's a one-off, it's a blip that they won't be beaten like that again. Because you learn by your mistakes, and he'll have learned a lot from his players. The players will learn a lot from his comments, and that flight back to Manchester or back to uh, Yorkshire won't have been a fun one. I no, imagine. no, I don't think so. Uh, Derby won, QPR won. Um, well, the Wayne Rooney thing obviously took over um, the start of the game, so it got obviously the the crowd up and the crowd going, and uh, and then we saw a, a moment of brilliance from uh, from Wagon. His free kick, I thought, it was absolutely outstanding, uh, like Wayne Rooney esque, and uh, straight away the camera goes straight away to Wayne Rooney yeah. to to see him laughing and joking, which is which is nice to see. But um, I thought QPR defensively for the first half an hour, I thought we were all over the place. I thought that. You know what I mean? I thought QPR, uh, I thought Derby attacked Lawrence was dangerous. Uh, Wagon was causing problems with his physicality. Um, and then all of a sudden QPR getting get themselves back in the game through a penalty from a, it's just a ridiculous challenge. And um, I want to talk about the penalty side. I want your, I want your take on it. Um, because I, my, for my personal thing, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think, I think, I don't think he stopped. The goalkeeper complained that as a, uh, I think he stumbled. I don't think he stopped fully. So I think I think he he waited for the goalkeeper to go down, and I thought it was absolutely genius stroke by by him. And it's not the first time he's done it, by the way, because we spoke spoke before about about the way he takes penalties. So I don't know why the why the goalkeeper was was complaining about him. They've um, they changed the rule, haven't they, recently to yeah. uh, to say that if you stop, it's you know it's if you come to a complete stop, it's. You got to retake but, it, but but he didn't. Yeah, his body, he kept his body, moving, didn't he? His, moment, his momentum was still going. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. The balls to take that type of penalty when you're not playing well, the team oh, is yeah. not playing well, yeah. um, and just stroke it away is, you know, you've got to be a special, special kind of player to do that. And mm, but uh, he is, yeah. he is very special. But I see, um, it's interesting to say what the the comments from um, from Warburton uh, about Eze that he says he's still got improvements he needs to make in his game. Yes, he has, but I think he's playing down a little bit so he doesn't get himself. Uh, he yeah. his boy a move in January, which is really clever. So he's really good man management. Yeah, yeah. Do you know. So you know, well, they don't want to lose him. You no, he'll be, he'll be a, he'll be a huge miss. But he's he's there shining light for me. He can make something happen from nothing. Um, he's obviously a very confident young lad that he can take a penalty like that. He's he's got the lot. He's got trickery, pace, power, scores goals. Um, so you know what I mean. It's it's, it's uh, I enjoy watching it, but I'd like to see it go back to the point where I said about Sky. I'd like to see him a little bit more. Yeah, he scored oh, seven yeah. goals, seven goals in nineteen games. So you know what I mean. He scored four last year in forty-two. So wow. al- already he's he's nearly double in half yeah. the games. So had a cracking season. Yeah, and still young as well, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. I think he's another one that yes, he could, could probably get a move in January, but I actually think he'd be better served staying that QPR, playing week in week out, scoring goals, keep doing what he's doing, at least till the summer. He doesn't need to rush it, um, but it's that's easiest. You know, it's easy for me to say, I suppose. From, from, I totally agree. From totally Cardiff, agree. Uh, Martin Waghorn obviously is going to be under a bit of uh, pressure now, where Rooney's coming in and he's going to be fighting for his place. Perfect response or the perfect yeah. start to that. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think it's it, it's good for a player to be mentored by someone like Wayne Rooney. So, you know, what I mean, if that's if that's uh, set pieces and free kicks like he scored on Saturday then you know what I mean so far that it's working isn't it you know what I mean yeah. but Waggon is, is is one of the uh, most prolific centre forwards in the league and on his on his days and but he, he needs to be more consistent he needs set, he needs two or three chances to score a goal because he does miss a few so um, obviously they need consistency and I thought Derby just didn't do enough that was a, like, it was like in a Derby and away game where normally Derby at home create all these chances all all free scoring, free throwing football, but it didn't uh, didn't really happen on Saturday. And I don't know if that's the Wayne Rooney thing or or something else. Yeah, they they just do seem to struggle to create some games. Um, you know, some games they can go in and they can create chance after chance after chance. Yeah. And then you have a game like Saturday where they just look devoid of ideas a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I certainly think you know. Rooney can play anywhere across the front, the midfield. I'm sure if you put him in defence, he'd probably do all right there as well. But um, I totally agree. Hopefully, he can provide them with a bit of a spark. Yeah. But then he could also, you know, play as like the kind of the foil or the 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 target man up top to finish the chances because he is a very very good finisher. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. I think he could do a various roles. I think he'd enjoy playing 10. He'd enjoy playing wide. He can play centre midfield, depending on fitness and what kind of shape he's gotten himself into. So, you know what I mean? They've got some, they've got some decisions to make because he could play up top. It's, it's up to them, isn't it? Indeed it is. Uh, OK, what else we got? Uh, Stoke City 1, Blackburn 2. Oh, well, uh, my hero scored a go- another goal. Bradley Dack got himself back on the score sheet. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's on fire this season. Um to be fair, I didn't expect this 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 result to happen. You know what I mean? Bradley Dack's got his ninth goal in nineteen games, and 
for a midfield player. Um, I, I wouldn't be that impressed, but in that side, you know what I mean. That he's got license to go forward. He's getting he's getting that that players um, of the likes uh, we've gone before of of Armstrong, Danny Graham, um, Stewie Downing. You know what I mean. These kind of players setting him up. It's just, of course, he's going to score goals. Of course, he's going to he's going to be pushed onto another level. And um, and I think I think they were I think they were quite fortunate to get to get. To get the three points because I thought Stoke for long periods did did really well and uh, and got themselves uh, level late on in the game by a uh, fortunate own goal but I thought they deserved to get something out of the game but um, I thought Sam Gallagher's winning goal was was excellent and that's it's this is a, this is becoming a regular thing now Sam Gallagher comes off the bench and, and scores another goal and he's he's making a name for himself and if sometimes you make a name for yourself coming off the bench and scoring goals being a super sub but he um, he's obviously had, had a had a cracking couple of weeks because he's uh, he's got some some good some good goals in in big games. Yeah, he, uh, Bradley Dark was excellent. Uh, I thought uh, Stoke just looked a bit lacking in ideas, maybe creativity. I'm not sure. They yeah. looked very, particularly in the second half. They looked frustrated. Um, they couldn't quite get that final pass or the. You know the final move to to create something concrete. Um, you know sometimes you just get games like that where things are just not not working. Um, you know, but when you've got the likes of Tomins and Klukas, uh Joe Allen, you you should be creating really. Um, yeah. Now, to be fair, they say on the side on side on paper side. You know, like the front three, you just said Sam Vox, Tomins, McLean, Klukas, Joe Allen. Um, you've got Scott Hogan coming off the bench you've got Liga who didn't come on you've got Mamadou who came on Nick Powell these these this listen they're massively underachieving and you know I mean no one's scared to go to Stoke anymore at the minute because the way that the season started but I do believe that they'll they'll obviously they'll obviously they'll, they'll be safe they'll stay up um, and they'll, they'll they'll kick on next season because I think it's too much of an asset this season with some of the sides who are who picked up points early doors yeah, I was amazed that Blackburn are eleventh. I thought they I can't believe be, it. I thought they'd be right up, you know, on the know. brink of the playoffs. It just, it, I think they must have had a, they obviously had a really, really bad start of the season. They've won, they've won, they've won four out of the last five. Side, so there's there's twelve points out of fifteen. You take those twelve points wow. out off them, you know what I mean? And the, 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 they'll be they'll be bottom of the league, you know. So it's it's crazy. It's scary. It's scary how much a run can turn you around. That. They were maybe underachieving before this last, before November started. So, you know what I mean? But it's a really good time now to start kicking on because I don't know if they're a football club who, who've got a lot of money to spend to go to the next level. And, um, you know what I mean? They've, they've, they've had to be quite clever with bringing loan players in and getting Holpe in on, on free transfers. So, I don't, I don't fully expect them to go and spend loads of money in January. So, they're probably they're going to be, they're going to be playing with what they've got for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, speaking of runs... George Pushkas has been on a, a long run without scoring goals, and uh, he mm-hmm. returned with a bang as Wigan lost three-one to uh, Reading. He did, yeah, with uh, three goals in what five minutes? Five minute hat trick, yeah. which just you know that one 0 down uh, in the first half through Joe Garner. And to be fair, Wigan haven't been playing great. Um, uh, what they haven't won in the last what's eight games. Um, Reading have, have 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 picked up since Mark Bourne t- took over and. You know what I mean? What one nil at half time? The longer the game goes on, you're thinking that's 
it's it's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have got the victory. You know what I mean? They're they're gonna turn things around. They're gonna they're picking up, and then a, a penalty in the 79th minute turned the game. Puskas then goes and gets a goal straight off kickoff, and then goes and gets his hat trick in the 84th minute. And you know what I mean? This is the this is the Puskas who ripped Cardiff City apart at the start of the season, and then we expected him to go and kick on again. He's a an international international class footballer, and you know what I mean? Someone who I'm expecting to do this more regular and and, and do it more often, and and hope he does because. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to score goals. It's certainly hard to score a hat trick, and it's even harder to score three goals in in five minutes. So, you know what I mean? It's uh, good luck to him. But I, I, I really fear for Wigan side. I really do. Um, the letting goals in and letting three goals in in five minutes is worrying. You know what I mean? Because seventy nine minute, you give a penalty where you take a draw. Then you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how the game's gone. You take a draw. You're not happy with it, but you take a draw. You don't go and let a goal in straight off kick off. And then go and let in another one because you're just giving yourself a, a an uphill battle to climb, and you know what I mean. Then your next game becomes more pressure. You do it again. The next game becomes even worse, and it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, it's going to be a long season for them. Yeah, Paul Cook must have been furious because it's just poor to to concede so quickly from the kickoff when yeah. you've just you know equalised, and uh, I don't know. Um, and you know we're going to have got a, you know they got a good keeper in David Marshall. They've, yeah. they've dead. They've played well at times this year, but they just—they don't seem to be able to get a run of clean sheets. I think they've invested, Sai, uh, in like they've got they've got uh, Windass. You know what I mean? They've bought some big big players in, but they can't get them all on the pitch at the same time and fitting, fitting, flying. You know what I mean? I think that's been the concern. They did it first game of the season against Cardiff. They had everybody fit and flying. Yeah. Hasn't really hasn't really happened since. You know, so it's you know what I mean? They're 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 taking losing against Cardiff and, and having a having a steady progression throughout the season. But I think all the eggs were in one basket on the first game of the season. They haven't really performed since. Yeah, indeed. So um, that's the games out of the way. Very uh, interesting group of games this week. Loads of goals. Yeah, um, loads of goals, yeah. I found it a little bit harder to find uh, find the downs this week, I've got to be honest. Um, yeah, I did. But um, So we'll go out two for two, where uh, myself and Andy, we pick two big performances, moments or players. And they're two nightmares for the weekend. So uh, I think we'll start with the positives today, mate. Go on, uh, let's start with the positives. Well, I'll I'll start first, mate. I've gone for Ainsley Pears because you know if it wasn't for him, it would have been um, oh, it would have yeah, been a disaster. It would have been more than four, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought some of his saves as well were were magnificent, and uh, the goals which were scored. The Bamford first goal was a, was a good save, and then he scored the rebound. You know, some of the other, some of the goals they had to be uh, a deflection for the second and two. Quality goals for Costa and and Clitz's second. So you know, what I mean, not a fault for any goals whatsoever. And some of the saves were outstanding. So he's my first up. Good shout, good shout. So yeah, I um, I'd say a shout out to Waghorn, to Puskas, to Silver, um, and Pears for me as well. You know, all excellent this weekend, and they all they all kind of came into contention for me. Um, but I went with Glick of Leeds. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, he ran the game. He scored two. His second goal was a worldie. Um, everything good from Leeds goes through him. Mm-hmm. And um, he control. What I like about him is he controls the tempo of the game so well. And he does just did it for the whole ninety minutes. Just that was his game, and he controlled it. And uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent. Who you got for Great your second show. one, mate? Uh, my second one, I've gone for Mowat from Barnsley uh, for his goal and assist. I thought it was it was electric all game. I thought I thought his goal was outstanding. I liked the celebration. I liked how passionate he was. And then 
and then his composure for his, for the for the second goal is just for his, just his his his, his, his slip, slip ball through for the second goal it was outstanding and you know I mean they really needed him to turn up on Saturday because it was a, a big big game and and he uh, he certainly came to the table with a performance and, and right at the right time yeah he did yeah and um, I thought he was very good I mentioned him earlier in the show obviously uh, so I went for a player who I've criticised heavily this year on several occasions. Um, but he scored two goals in two games. His uh, his wing play was excellent, and um, and uh, the new manager Neil Harris, he's been getting a tune out of him that Warnock wasn't. Uh, he's got a great goal which won the game, and that was Mendes Lang of Cardiff City. Great show, great show, great show. His thing is, I mean, he's he's starting to play football again. He's starting to enjoy it. He's starting to look confident and starting to show his real class what everybody knows he can do. Yes, indeed. So, who do you have for your first down, mate? Um, I've gone for Middlesbrough's game plan. So, I've gone for the manager and the coaching staff because their game plan was absolutely disastrous. And I don't really... I watched the game and I thought it was disastrous and they didn't have a game plan. So, I've gone for, for Middlesbrough's game plan. Shout. So, I've gone for something slightly similar. I've gone for Luton's defence as a whole. So initially, <laughs> I was going to pick the the keeper and the defender for one of the. I think it was the first goal yeah, where they it? just ridiculous. But I just thought they were absolutely appalling. They were passive. They were lethargic and tired. Conceded two penalties. They were at points just gave goals away, um, and it wasn't even like a schoolboy level of defending. It was just absolutely dreadful. And if I was their manager, I'd have gone absolutely. Ballistic. So, you just can't do it, can you? Can't do it, no, can you? It's disgusting. Well, I've got something similar. So I've gone. Um, I've gone Wiggins defence for their five-minute howler, and I just because <laughs> yeah, you know, I just spoke about their side that you can't. You've got to understand that the dynamics of the, the, the game of football that goals are going to come in, they're going to change games, but you've just got to decide. Ten minutes to go, we're shutting up shop. Someone takes responsibility from the pitch. The captain. Whoever that may be, the goalkeeper, you know what I mean? You, you've named David Marshall. We've named some experienced players. So there's, there's, there's just no ex- excuse for what happened in a five-minute spell to let three goals in. Because we want about, you've just spoke there about Luton Town's seven goals. You know what I mean? That was over a, over a case of, um, of 90 minutes or 95 minutes. We're on about five minutes here. You know what I mean? If, if, um, if Redding had defended like that, uh, sorry, if uh, Wigan had defended like that for 90 minutes, that could have been 12, 15 goals. It's just... <laughs> You can't, you can't, you can't let it happen. Sign, can't happen in, no. in no, professional football. It's about managing the game, isn't it? Um, and yeah. like, how many times do you hear momentum is so important in football? So yeah, if totally you're, agree. if you get a late, a late goal when the game's close, whether it's an equaliser or going into the lead, it changes the momentum of the game completely. Mm. It gives the team a lift. It gives the team a gut punch, whatever it may be. Um, so you have to just do what you've got to do to survive that five minutes after, whether yeah. it's the well, last five minutes of the game or whether it's just yeah, exactly. the next five minutes. Exactly. When people say, people say, people, oh, they scored too early. Rubbish. Rubbish. You've just got to manage the game longer. You've just got to manage things. You know what I mean? It's about game management and and they've just got, they've just got it horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. Yeah, they did. Um, okay, so we'll uh, we'll finish off with uh, some questions before we move on to the fake Geordie Bingo Lingo. So, uh, questions.
You can send your questions for Andy every week to the facebook.com slash acecastnation or Twitter at acecast underscore nation. Use the hashtag acenationarmy or you can email acenetworkcontact at gmail.com. So, Alan from Away Day Apparel asks, aside from the obvious goal that uh, Cardiff City fans will remember for eternity, what what goal was your most memorable and why? Uh, well, for Cardiff City, uh, apart from that, apart from that goal, um, I loved my first goal for Cardiff, and my first goal was away at Northampton Town. So when I was on loan, um, just loved, just loved the feeling of uh, just hearing how passionate the fans were. It was just, it was just absolutely surreal and amazing. You know what I mean? I, um, one game which always was always going to stick in my memory for Cardiff is, is, was when we played uh, Oldham Athletic away, and we scored seven. Uh, and after one of the goals, I got I got hit by uh, pie in the face, which uh, I think I remember getting hit by the pie more than I remember my goal. I try to remember my goal. I'm trying to see find my goals on the on on YouTube and stuff, but it's just it's just it, it, getting hit by the pie was just like the most <laughs> mem- mem- memorable thing about the game. It was it was great, but uh, obviously a big goal for uh, for Middlesbrough was was my first ever goal in my career for for Middlesbrough against Sunderland, and uh, it happened at the Riverside. It happened against a local rival. It happened playing against a couple of my friends. So it was just uh, it was just an amazing feeling. But there's no better feeling than scoring. Um, but you always remember your first goal, and that's for Middlesbrough. First goal for Cardiff. You know what I mean? It's always a it's always a special thing because you know what I mean. I, I was on loan. We were in League One. It was it, it probably wouldn't have meant something to somebody else. But you know what I mean? My my career it, it needed to evolve, and it was going down a different direction. And it was just uh, a nice thing to get off the mark on my first game. But Cardiff. Shout. Good shout. Uh, so at Gaz Cummins asks uh, which three teams do you think will be relegated from the Premier League and the Championship this year? Uh, well, I'll start from the Championship because obviously we're, uh, we're obviously a, a Championship show and I spoke about my frustrations with Middlesbrough and how uh, uh, I do believe they'll stay up, but only because there's three teams worse than them. And the three teams worse than for me is, I believe, Barnsley will go down. I believe uh, Luton will go down. And I think Wigan will go down. So they're my three. They're my three, which I believe will go down from uh, from the championship because I don't, I don't know. I don't see I don't see teams, other teams getting beat seven. I don't see uh, Barnsley winning enough games and, and Wigan, at the, uh, Wigan at the minute just seem like they're in free-for-all. And, and it is a shame, but Three teams have to go down, and, and I don't want it to be Middlesbrough, unfortunately. Um, Premier Premier League, uh, it's, whoever comes down is going to make the championship really strong because the parachute payments and the squad size and the the size of the football clubs. But um, I think Watford are doomed from what what I saw uh, over the weekend against Southampton. Um, I do believe Southampton will go down as well, even though they're picking up because the James, the James Prod, uh, the James Ward Prowses, for example. I can't see him staying and fighting. I, I, do, I do believe he's he's playing well and he'll leave because he's got to progress his own football career. Um, and I think Norwich will go as well because they're just they're just shipping goals in for fun and they're not winning enough games and being consistent. You know, I mean Everton are down there, but I don't believe they'll be in and around there. Villa are too good, I, th- I believe. Newcastle might get dragged into it, but Steve Bruce is working wonders. Brighton, I think they've got enough to stay up. And West Ham, Palace, Bournemouth, I, I just can't see past Southampton, Norwich, and Watford. Yeah, I think um, the same three for the Premier League uh, and for the Championship, I think. I think uh, Luton, Barnsley, I think Stoke 
they have to be too good. So yeah, it makes me I, think that's what be- I believe between but, Wigan and Borough. So I'll go with Wigan because I don't I don't want Middlesbrough to go down because of you. So I'll say yeah, Wigan. You, don't upset me, Sam. No, that's right. You but, don't, um, cry. I, don't don't make you cry live on podcast, do you? I know, I know. But <laughs> equally, there is that thing that no team. Uh, no team. Is, no right team's too. To uh, no, no team's too good to too too good to go down. Man City did it. They sure. went down to League One. Sunderland are in there. Portsmouth are in there. Bradford City are in there. Some big football clubs who play in the Premier League. Middlesbrough, if they go down, they'll deserve to be in League One, regardless what people tell you and what you hear on the on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> that riled you, didn't it? Oh I man, I can't, I can't stop saying it. Three weeks stop, ago, I I I, yeah, I think it was longer. I just can't stop it. <laughs> can't stop it. Can't stop it. But it's the same for Stoke. Never too good. It's nah, just because you've got international players, you can still go down. Yeah, but if they do get out with us, I, I believe they've had a really good season because they, them, and Huddersfield put themselves in a real dangerous position at the start of the season oh, with, God, with, yeah. a, with a lot, with a lot to catch, lot to catch up on. And they've done they've done a they've done a good job so far, but they can't take it for granted thinking thinking they're out of it because they're not. No, no, that's right. Uh, so Peaches has sent in another word association for you. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so she says word association, especially for you, Andy. Um, <laughs> okay, first one, fast, fast, Andy Campbell. So many attributes, add. Spot on. Uh, rude. Oh, rude. Rude. Steve McLaren. Uh, <laughs> underrated. Underrated. Leo Fortune West. Overrated. Oh, overrated. Oh, gosh. Overrated. Uh, oh, overrated. Who am I going to... Who am I going to... I got Paul Merson. Uh, best ever. Gaza. 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 Last Gaza. Word associations, and then one uh, one last question from uh, John is: Who is the best goalkeeper you've ever played with? Oh, Max Water. Without a shadow of a doubt, he was. Uh, he came from uh, Bradford City. Bradford City got him from somewhere in Germany, I think. And straight away, when the manager brings a goalkeeper in who's about six foot twelve, just you just think mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing here. You know, it, it, it was just a masterstroke and the stature of you know you see the goalkeepers now, Si Nathan Everidge, that it's the stature of the goalkeeper now. They're all athletic, they're all agile, they're all big, they're all they're all big and strong. And he was no different. He was just he was a gentle giant. He was lovely, but on the pitch he. Uh, very dedicated, knew exactly what he was doing, and um, and uh, he was probably he was he was outstanding. I, I, I'd class him, you know what I mean. If he if he was in England a little bit longer and Middlesbrough were able to kick on to that and that next level, he could have been world class. He could have been world class. Fair play. Okay, so to finish off, we'll have uh, the fake Geordie Bingo lingo, whereas uh, Andy teaches me something about his northern culture. Um, I'm going. I'm going down a bit of a, a bit of a holiday route. So um, when you do come and visit, Sai, so we've we've got some of the best beaches uh, and the best areas to come and uh, to come and visit when you when 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 people come down. So anyone comes to the northeast and the fancy bit of sun in the summer, by the way, because it's brutal at the minute. I live near one. Uh, we've got Redcar Beach, we've got Saltburn Beach, and just down the road we've got Whitby, and we've got just the most beautiful places. You know what I mean? Everyone goes on about Middlesbrough being uh, 
being full of smog and because I'm a smog monster and uh, and stuff. So it's like it's mm-hmm. uh, it's nice that uh, we've got some nice areas to go with our kids and our children and our our pets and our and things and just uh, just have a nice family time and on on the beach we have we have the, we have the nicest beaches ever. Spot on. I love I love the beach. You were lucky as well because when I, that was one thing I loved about Cardiff that you know what I mean you're only a stone th- you're only a stone throw from Barry you're only a stone throw from from nice Port, places Port Call yeah, and stuff yeah it's lovely lovely certainly is uh, okay guys so you can find Andy on Twitter at Andy Campbell thirty two give him a follow you can also find me on Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation give us a follow Facebook.com slash AceCast Nation uh, all the shows which we do the various shows including this uh the video versions at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation and the audio is at all podcasting platforms uh keep an eye out for the next episode of unscripted and uncensored with ufc star brett johns and uh as always three shows a week will be banged out for you guys to listen to and watch andy it's been a pleasure as always mate thank you great show mate really enjoyed it really enjoyed it it's always good. All we need now is just need Johnny Wish to keep, you know, keep pushing us to all the big stations. Uh, uh, keep pushing uh, us uh. to the next. Keep keep pushing us to the next level, Johnny. Love you, mate. Love you. Nah, proper, nah, that's it. Proper, gen, proper gents. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Number one fan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Spread the word. Give it. Give us a subscribe, a follow, and uh, yeah, most of all, just tell your friends to download to view. And uh, leave us comments, say hello, ask us questions, make suggestions, all that good stuff. And we'll uh, see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Andy. See you soon, mate. Podcast Network.